got this a little over a year ago, and the song was about getting out of the past and really not letting all the trials and all the stuff hold us back. And I felt when I got the song that it would eventually be released over the airwaves, but I didn't understand what that meant. And recently, the Lord, as we've been praying over the election and, and over our country, the Lord has strongly, very strongly said, my people need to rise up. It is time. It is time. You have to vote. You, ha you have the right to do it. Just do it. And, you know, it's like the, the, the other side, you know, that is the enemy of wanting to destroy life and, and all the things that our country does not represent. And this wake-up song, this wake-up call, when I wrote this song, I, I didn't have the chorus, and it was like, how do we do it? How do we do it? And I felt an angel speak to me, That's however you want to take that. And he said, here's how because the joy of the Lord is your strength and his glory is all around you. Because the joy of the Lord is your strength and his glory is all around you. There is nothing in this country, there is no party that can stand against the glory of the king. There is nothing that can come against his body if we will stand up as one in unity and say no, no. We're done. We're not killing babies anymore. No. There are better options than, than the last option. And that the last is never the first. We have to be restored. We have to be renewed. And the body, as, as these, these sounds go out in the airwaves, we're all going to start rising up. And we're going to shout it to our neighbors. We're going to shout it to the people around us. And we're going to keep doing it until we take back what's ours. America was never anybody else's. It was always God's. It was always God's. Always. So as I sing it, join in, make it a prayer, ask an angel to take it somewhere. Let's let the sound of wake up go out to the church, the whole body, because if, if even a third of the body of Christ voted, we would take it back. What would happen if the whole army voted? We would not only take it back, but we would make a stand and we would declare a message that nobody could stand up to. Nobody. That's who we are. That's who we are, regardless of what's happened. Stand up, wake up, and let's do it. Wake up, wake up, wake up now. Oh, sleeper, it's time to rise up. Awake from your sleep now. Rise up, rise up, it's time. You need to go deeper. Get up and shake the dust off your feet. The joy of the Lord is your strength, and His glory surrounds you. Put on your armor, it's a brand new day. For the joy of the Lord is your strength, oh how His glory is all around you. Rise up and walk in a brand new way. Come on! 
This is not 
church is normal. Have you noticed that? If anybody in America tries to have church as normal today, there may be a lot of people there, but I question whether the Spirit of God is there. Um, there was a lady here last week, I don't know, they sat right here, and they, they were from Florida, Tampa, Florida, you guys remember? And uh, she had just spoken at the Republican National Convention, and she believed God sent her to the mountains with a message. And she shared, I met with her, I guess, a couple of days after that, and you know, she had some really, she real prophetic lady. She's a new believer. God just opened that door for her. She saw some things where they were trying to, anyway, I'm not going to, I'm going to try to stay to the subject. But she, one thing she told me, now she's a new believer. So I, I had a tendency to want to believe, you know, the things she's hearing from God and the words she was texting me. And she said, you know, in America, they used to speak for God. But too often today, they don't hear from him, so they make it up. And I thought, oh, God, don't let us make it up. Lord, forgive us as a church where we've had church without you. In fact, I remember hearing someone visiting from another country, and they went back home. They said, boy, America is great. They got beautiful churches. They have everything. They had great programs. They have everything but God. Because, you know, you can have church without God. You know that. And uh, so, Lord, we want to repent of any time for that and, and across our nation. Later on, we're go I want to, I don't know how all this is going to unfold, but I want us to pray around the altar, as we did last week, and we'll pray next week for the election, the time that we're living. And I'm going to address some issues, because I have to. I'm appointed, and you better be addressing them too. You better be bold. You don't want to come three or four weeks from now having held back. I, uh, so, Lord, help me put it all together the best way possible. But we want to go, we want to speak things in the heavenlies. Because uh, this is really a critical, how many of you know it's critical? This is not normal, it's not playtime. I, I really appreciate Dylan's word. Yesterday, let me... Uh, Put my other eyes on, I can see a little clearer. I don't know, I can see clear here, but then out there, you guys look blurry. That's why I take them off. And anyway, I just leave them on. It's a whole lot easier. But I don't like them. But anyway, who cares? That's just the way it goes. But anyway, listen to this. You know, this guy, Rich Mullins, died, was it 20 years ago? So anyway... 97, something like that. But anyway, his birthday would have been just a couple days ago. Remember this song that Rich Mullins wrote? When he rose up his sleeves, he ain't just putting on the Ritz. Our God is an awesome God. There's thunder in his footsteps and lightning in his fist. Our God is an awesome God. And the Lord wasn't joking when he kicked him out of Eden. It wasn't for no reason that he shed his blood. His return is very close so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God. Our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above with wisdom and power and love. Our God is an awesome God. And I'm telling you before it's all over, and I'm not saying it's over. I'm not saying it's over. There's a whole bunch more. But America's going to know 
that our God is an awesome God. And it's going to be, it's going to require great sacrifice. We've not known it in America. You know, I really appreciate, and we're not talking about a political party. After what that lady told me it was going on behind the scenes, we're definitely not talking about a political party. They did all they could to admit, disrupt Trump. You know, it's obvious he's not in the establishment because everybody hates him. So there must be something there. I, um, I'll try not to mention names, but you've got to give me some break. You've got to stay. Don't leave. If anybody runs out because you're political, whatever, you don't need to. Listen, man, it's not about a party. You better vote. You don't vote. You'll stand before God because he gave us this right. Whether it counts or not, whether it's rigged or not, you can stand before God and you, you can say, I voted. Because it's more about the test than it is actual the candidate. But I'm going to try to get there. But I appreciate all these guys taking a stand. Franklin, Graham, God bless him. He just stands, sometimes he stands alone. And I really, boy, I just really love the Graham family. I, you know, from the time I had that dream of Billy Graham many years ago. And just really appreciate the Grahams. How many of you love them too? Just... Man, we just so appreciate God entrusting us with a man like Billy Graham, now Franklin. And, and, uh, but, you know, then I saw this email this week, and it was uh, a message someone had preached out in Montana. And I, I, I listen to this guy sometimes. Sometimes he's a little bit, you know, just really, I don't know. But anyway, he's a good guy. But anyway, he had a message called The Shame of, the, of Evangelical Silence. And that struck me. And I felt like the Lord said, yeah, you know, remember Mordecai. Mordecai challenged Esther. You better speak. If you remain completely silent, you and your father's house are going to perish. Deliverance, I'm going to raise up deliverance. God's going to have a word. He's going to have a people that trumpet the gospel across the earth. But you and your house, your forefathers or whatever, will perish. And I thought, well, we better not be silent. I haven't been. I've tried my best because I'm going to stand before God and give an account. But then somebody sent me this uh, open letter by Dutch Sheets. And, you know, we love Dutch Sheets. He's a respected prayer leader in America. Really, you know, wonderful man. He hadn't spoke a lot about this stuff. I wonder, where were those guys? Are they the light just coming on? I mean, we've been knowing this stuff forever. But anyway, he wrote a tremendous letter. And I'm going to send it out. So everybody can read it. You can forward it to your friends. If you're not on our email list, we have a, a sheet out in the foyer. You can sign up. And, um, and, you know, we'll send that out. I'm going to send it out tomorrow. But he put it together better than anybody I think I've, I've seen yet. But in, as he goes on, he talks about why you must vote, what the reason, what, what's at stake, whether it happens or not. Regardless, the, elect, the hope is not in the election. The hope is in the elect of God. You and me being who we've been called. We better be salt and light. You know what Jesus said about those who were salt and light, but they lost their flavor? Do you remember? He said they're good for nothing but to be trampled underfoot by men. And I can tell you, those men are gathering to trample underfoot those who've lost their flavor. And uh, so we better get it back quickly. But anyway, Dutch Sheet, his letter was really, 
I'm just so thankful because, you know, we just have a little voice. I mean, we shout from this pulpit. We really, I shout, don't I? Sometimes, you know, I'm just a little guy too. But we got a big Jesus in us. So anyway, but I appreciate these guys that, that do have a voice that's much further. But he says one point, he says, he speaks to pastors and he says, pastors, if you have ever taken a stand, take it now. It may be your last. Tell your people the truth clearly. Pray and fast. Turn your services into prayer meetings. And we've done that. And we're going to do it again in a moment. We want to pray around the altar. But so you know what we're talking about. Everybody good? You're comfortable? If you're not comfortable, well, it's okay because you're not going to be comfortable. God's going to see to it that the comfortableness of America is going to come to a screeching halt. And he will we'll know. I've always remember, I remember, somebody said, everything God created, he's test. And he's going to test the church. In fact, this election is about a test. It really is. Because I, I don't know. You know, some people say one's going to win, one the other. I... You know, I think we're in trouble regardless. I, but I know we need God. But I'm going to vote because the difference is night and day. I read the... I didn't read it. Let me tell the truth. Surely read it. <laughs> Thank you for catching me, Holy Spirit. I'm not going to lie. She read it. I just glanced at it. She read it to me. So what account it? One of the party's platforms, it's a document out of hell. It's tyranny and socialism and injustice. And I just said, God, we're going to be held accountable for how we vote. So you better vote. If you don't vote, you'll, you'll be held accountable anyway. Because you voted. To remain silent in this hour is to cast your vote. So anyway, I'm thinking, how do I say all this? And now last week I, we did a little review. Let me do a review. Here's what we read out of Nehemiah. Because Guys, we can't miss this stuff. What's Donald Trump talking about a lot? The wall. The wall. Guys, there's more to it than meets the ears. What did they just find? Fragments of the Dead Sea Scrolls. Where was it? What was it? The book of what? Nehemiah. God is shouting to America. There's a trumpet sounding. So what's in the book of Nehemiah? Tell him, you tell me. What does it mean? The comfort of Yahweh. Yahweh helps. The comfort of Yahweh, Yahweh helps. You want to preach this message? You did good. That's really good stuff. No. Yeah, let her do it. No, that's good. The comfort of Yahweh. So, in the midst of all this, there's great comfort and hope. As Jenny was talking about. Me and Shirley are having the best time. That guy that told me that, you know, after a while, marriage, you know, it starts off real hot. It's like getting in a hot Here's what they told me. They said, okay, marriage is like getting in a hot tub. It's hot at first, and then over the years, it cools down. He lied to me. That is not true. It is not true. That was malarkey. It's getting hotter. I'm like, but anyway, that's enough. Right there. I'm just, it's, it's the way it is. Be quiet, huh? Let me stay there. The subject. 
Um, you know, yes, Nehemiah. No, I know where I am. I'm just, I'm just a little in fear and trembling over this hour because of the gravity of this moment, the weight of this moment. If everything happens, that lady from Tampa told me, and so many, and what God's shown me in dreams, and other people, you guys are having dreams. If everything happens, and I was one of the preachers in the last days of America, if, you know, I don't know, I think things can be, I'm always believing hope, I'm an optimist. But if I was one of those in the last days and I didn't speak up, I would regret it all through eternity that I didn't tell the truth. But anyway, listen, Nehemiah chapter 4, we, just a review where we were last week. Therefore, I positioned men behind the lower parts of the wall at the openings, and I set the people according to their families with their swords and their spears and their bows. And I looked and arose and said to the nobles, to the leaders, and to the rest of the people, do not be afraid. That's a good word right now, isn't it? Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, great and awesome. We sing about how great you are, God. And I, you know, that how God, our God is an awesome God. And He is an awesome God. And then it says, and fight. Fight. Now I know that we're fighting them, you know, through the week in prayer. Churches all over America are praying. They better be. And many are. Many are faithful. Way more than us. I mean, these guys are in college. We're, we're somewhere in high school, grammar school. I don't know where we are on the scale. Compared, We're not going to compare ourselves among ourselves. We just do what we know to do. But there are many praying, many fighting in prayer. There may come a time we have to fight in other ways. It's happened in history. It's happened in history. General Boykin told this story about this preacher somewhere along the way. was got up to preach, and then he took off his robe, and he had his army gear on. He said, I'm going to the battle. Who will go with me? And there were many people that walked out the church that day to follow him, to sign up. It's all, through, it's all in the Bible. There are wars. And Jesus said there'd be wars and rumors. He said, fight for your brethren, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your houses or your lands. And it happened when our enemies heard that it was known to us and that God has brought their plot to nothing. Now, this is our prayer, Right? that all of us return to the wall, everyone to his work. And so it was from that time on that half of my servants worked at the construction of the wall while the others, you know, held spears and shields and bows and they wore armor. And those who built on the wall and those who carried burdens loaded themselves so that with one hand they worked at construction and with the other they held a weapon. Every one of the builders had this sword girded at his side as he built the wall, and the one who sounded the trumpet was beside me. It is no accident, trump, a trumpet. There's a trumpet sounding. I, I, I believe this thing can be righted, not by an election. It could help in some way. It might delay, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But I know we, there's going to be a wall. I'm just going to tell you what God put in my heart. There's going to be a wall, and I'm not just talking about natural, the physical. There's going to be a wall. Either that wall will keep out the evil from getting in to get to the good, or that wall will keep in the good from escaping the evil. 
Did you understand that? You know, Babylon was a bird caged you know, with birds, you know, and every evil demon, every evil spirit. And that's why he said, you know, get out from among them. Now, I know it's a system. It's a system of Babylon. But this is really a very serious time. God is up to something really big. It's a test for you and me. God will watch your vote. If you do not vote, you voted. And this, I'm telling you, you will vote if you stay home. I wish I could tell people in America. If you don't go to the polls, you went to the polls. And your vote was registered before Almighty God. Because it's a serious time. I was thinking about Psalm 11. We won't go there, but remember in Psalm 11, it says, when the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? Remember that? What can they do? And it's a great question. It, well, it tells you what to do right in the context of Psalm 11. You should read that later. It says, the Lord is on his throne. The Lord is on it in his temple. So the first thing is we look up to him. We say, oh, God, help us. We, our hope is not in man. Our hope is in the living God. We lift our eyes to the hills from where our help comes from, the maker of the heavens and the earth. But then it goes on, it says, and the Lord tests the righteous. Remember that? He tests the righteous. And the wicked his soul hates. He talks about what's going to happen with the wicked. But there's a test for the righteous. Now, remember... And we've talked on this from time to time. I'm going to look in some scripture, and then we're going to pray, and then I'm going to try to do just a couple minutes of what I want to finish next week, maybe. I don't know how this is going to go. I just, I'm thankful, God, I got to be entrusted in this hour. But you have a pulpit, too. You know that, don't you? It's your family, your friends, your neighborhood, your workplace. God put you there, whatever, your influence. John, who was it? John Wesley? He said, the world is my pulpit. And we have to look at it that way. But remember, this is an hour where you are standing for him or you are standing against him. These folks that talk about how they're moderate, that moderate sheet's about to come off. You're not moderate. Either you for him or you're against him. Jesus said that. You can't serve two masters. You're going to love one, you'll hate the other. You'll hate one, despise one, you'll cling to the other. It's just the way it is. Now, the Lord's coming with a sword. What is this on the, on the Hebrew calendar? You know, it's 5777, seven, seven, something like that. The year of the sword. How many of you knew that? And the Hebrew, that's serious. Isn't it amazing how all this stuff fits together? The year of the sword. And so the Lord's coming to divide. Who's, what's he going to divide? We talk about this. All the time. Sheep from what? Goats. Sheep from the, sheep nations. So that means there's going to be nations when this is all said and done. Those who are look, working for a globalist mindset, a globalist agenda. And they are there. Okay, they're there. Plain, clear as day. They want a globalist, a world... But hey, somehow their plans are going to get messed up because the Lord said there's going to, he's going to divide the sheep nations from the goat nations. So obviously their plans are going to run awry at some point down the road. They're, okay, he also would divide the wheat from the what? Tares. You know and well as I know, the church in America, and I'm speaking as a whole, 
is flooded with tares. And God's about to round them up. He's going to gather them. You're going to to be at one of the other gatherings. One of the gatherings where God is being lifted up and exalted and there's worship and people are being saved in the harvest and there are miracles, signs and wonders. Everything we've read about in the book of Acts and way more. Or you'll be at the gathering where he's gathering those bundles reserved for fire. And then he's going to divide the left from the right. Remember that? I used to think that's a play on words. That can't be. How do you know it can't be? Because it really, it, it fits. The left, he'll say, depart from me. You never knew me. Never. And then the right will enter into the joy. And then also the wicked from among the just. He's going to do that. We see that. And then I often point this out, but I, I never show you the scripture. Today I'm going to show you. He will divide those who serve him from those who really do not. I'll show you. Look over in Malachi. You, you should be turning your Bibles, please. We got to get back to, you know, we really might want to bring our Bibles. You know, there was a time, where was it? James, I don't know, maybe you remember where they would literally put Bible verses on their relatives' tombstones so they would, people could come, Heron Hurt, Germany, they did, they would put the scriptures on their tombstones when people died so that people could read the scriptures. That was the only Bible they would ever see when they walked through the cemetery. There's a lot of history we've forgotten. Okay, well, let me just show you this. Those who serve God from those who don't. Now, this could help you get a a picture of things. It really helps me. Verse 1, behold, Malachi 3, behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. So God will send people, whether they're speakers, preachers, prophets, politicians, I don't know. But he's going to send people that's going to make, prepare the way for him, before him. He's coming. He's the one we're looking to. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. That's where he comes first, right? Even the messenger of the covenant, Jesus, in whom you delight, behold, he is coming. Say he's coming. He is coming. America, he's coming. But, look, verse 2, who can endure the day of his coming? For he will stand, or who will stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire and the launderer's soap. He will sit as a refiner in the purifier of silver. He will purify the sons of Levi. Who are the sons of Levi? The priesthood or a New Testament priesthood. Who's that? Say me. So he's going to, he's purifying. We're going to have one fire or the other. The purifying fire or the devouring consuming fire. That's why the Lord said in Revelation, I would counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire. I would give you some good advice. So we, we know that. Okay, why? Why is he going to purify? He'll, pur- he'll purge them as gold and silver, verse 3, that they may offer to the Lord an offering in righteousness. Who's he coming for? A bride without spot and blemish. A righteous people. He said, without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Regardless of who says it's legalism. And it can be. You can get into that legalistic thing. But we, that's not our, our problem is we need, we need holiness. The church in America, we need a move of God's holiness. 
where we come into churches, who cares what we look like, our hair looks, it's just that we bow before him because of his awesome presence. He's holy. Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem, my people, will be pleasant to the Lord as in the days of old, as in the former years. So there is one of the fires that purifies people. Then and I will come near you for judgment. Who's he going to judge? I'll be a swift witness against sorcerers. I saw this Harry Potter thing advertised yesterday. All this stuff is sorcery. I forget the, the name. What was? I'm not going to mention the name of that new movie. But I knew they're talking about demons. Demons. We got to warn our children. Okay, sorcerers. Against perjurers, you know who perjurers are? Lying willfully. I don't know if I should say this, but I'm telling you. I listened to some of that debate and I heard some lies that I know are lies. I know I heard her say other things. Boy, I'd like to tell her, but I'm telling you, the book of Revelation, there are two people going to be tossed into the lake of fire first. Cowards in the church. Cowards. And secondly, liars and idolaters. And it lists a whole bunch. But every liar will have their part in the lake of fire. Every liar. I pray God pulls the skirt up so the whole world can see. He's trying to do that. So that she would repent. Repent and get saved. It's God's will that none should perish. And we're not going to give lay out. We're not going to forget that. We're going to go for it. Perjurers against those who exploit wage earners and widows and orphans. You know, when one of the candidates talks about Haiti, I've been to Haiti, I talked to the people, they told me personally, they were ripped blind. Ripped off blind. I've been to the Dominican Republic. I hope somebody's listening. You can come get me, I don't care. I'll just go to, I'll be with him. But I was in the Dominican Republic, and they told, they told us our Secretary of State at that time just left. She had threatened the country. She said, you will, you will abide by our rules, and you will change your laws on abortion, or we will take your money from you. God have mercy. God have mercy. God have mercy. Boy, I hope the church in America is doing this kind of stuff. If they're not, God have mercy. Because you better be standing. This may be your last shot. And then against all of those who turn away an alien, because they do not fear me, says the Lord of hosts. For I am the Lord, I do not change. From the day of your fathers. He basically says, I'm the same. Now look down in verse 13. Your words have been harsh against me, says the Lord. Yet you say, what have, what have we spoken against you? You've said it is useless to serve you, God. For what profit is that we have kept your ordinance and that we have walked in as mourners before the Lord? For now we call the proud blessed, and that's exactly what's happened in America. We call the proud blessed, and those who do wickedness, they're the ones raised up. They're the ones people vote for. They even tempt God, and they go free. Well, look how God's going to change everything. Verse 16, then those who feared the Lord spoke to one another. That's real unity. The fear of the Lord will bring unity. You fear God, you'll speak to one another. Because you'll say, can you help? 
I need God. Would you pray for me? Man, we're in this together. Anyway, this is a good, this kind of stuff. It blows me away how the Bible comes alive. Doesn't it to you? I'm like a kid. I'm, man, I, I, my first chocolate milkshake. Like, this is amazing stuff. God, how do you do this? Okay. They spoke to one another, and the Lord listened, heard them. So a book of remembrance was written before him for those who fear the Lord and who meditate on his name. They shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts. On the day that I make them my jewels, I will spare them as a man spares his own son who serves him. Then, then, after you've gone through all this stuff, this fire, then you shall again discern between the righteous and the wicked, between one who serves God and one who does not serve him. I'm telling you, not everybody that says they serve him serves him. And then, boy, chapter 4 You think, well, things are getting better. For behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven, and all the proud, yes, all who do wickedly will be stubble, and the day which is coming shall burn them up. But you who fear my name, the Son of Righteousness, shall arise with healing in his wings, and you'll go out and grow fat like stall-fed calves. That's the joy that uh, we're talking about. You'll trample the wicked. They'll be under your feet. Oh, man, this is all good stuff, but I can't stay there forever. Okay, I want to I just read something. I got an um, email, and I sent, we sent this out this week, but I don't know everybody reads our emails, but it was Joni Ames. Did you guys read that that she sent out on the plumb line? I really felt that was a word from the Lord, so I want to just read it to you. God is raising up a plumb line. Is it okay, appropriate for somebody just to read? It's okay. I'm going to do it. But first, I'm going to read the scripture. Verse 7 and verse 8 of Amos. Thus he showed me. Behold, the Lord stood on a wall. <laughs> a wall. Made with a plumb line. With a plumb line in his hand. And the Lord said to me, Amos, what do you see? And he said, a plumb line. The Lord said, Behold. I'm setting a plumb line in the midst of my people Israel. And I will not pass by them anymore. The high places of Isaac shall be desolate. The sanctuaries of Israel shall be laid waste. And I will raise, I will rise with the sword against the house of Jeroboam. And basically, if you read it in the context, he's calling for repentance. We need a sweeping move, move of repentance in America. We need that conviction, that conviction where people like, was it? Billy, no, um, oh, goodness, I'm trying to think of the guy that preached on payday Sunday. I forget anyway. You know, those kind of messages where they would preach and people would fall out of the pews in America. They'd fall out of the pews under the conviction of the Holy Spirit, and they'd crawl to the altars to get right with God. We've got to have that again in America. Our little church where we sing and we do things, and we, it's not going to work. We've got to have the conviction of the Holy Spirit. God, you guy, we got to have you. we got to have you. Nothing we do will work without him. And that's been the problem in America. We tried to make it work without him. It doesn't work. It's all going to fall. It's all going to crumble. Everything that was not built on him is being shaken right now to the very core. Everything. Everything. If it's not yet, put it on your list. It's going to be. 
And it's not the devil doing it. How many of you know that? Who is the one behind the shaking? God. He said, I will shake everything that can be shaken. The only thing that's not being shaken is what? You guys know. What is the only thing that cannot be shaken? The kingdom. The kingdom. That's why you got to get in it, stand on it. That's it, your whole life, the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom, because that's the only thing that cannot be shaken. Here's Joni's word. I believe the Lord is saying in this time that he is reestablishing his plumb line in our nation, as it speaks of in the word. And in, in Amos, behold, I'm setting a plumb line. His plumb line is the word of God. It is the boundary marker upon which our nation was established and is now being judged. It's not the opinions of the media or special interest groups. God is not closing his eyes. He's not looking the other way. Nor passing by us in this election season. He's very much involved. Using the word of God as our plumb line when voting is vital. A natural plumb line is a cord weighted with lead that is used in building a structure to ensure that it is lined up properly. Is that true, you construction? Yes. You line it up, I guess, somehow so it won't crumble. Spiritually, the term plumb line is used symbolically to refer to the divine standard against which God, the builder of his people, tests and judges them. It also symbolizes the standard by which God will rebuild his people. And then she says in Deuteronomy 27, God has placed his plumb line in America. Moving a plumb line brings a curse. I looked that up. Deuteronomy 27, 17, and it's the word landmark. Cursed is he who moves his neighbor's landmark. You know what the word landmark means? You won't believe it. Boundary. God is the one that sets nations by boundaries and borders. Oh, everything that's happening in the natural is a picture of what's happening in the spirit. It is a war. It is an antichrist spirit. Against the kingdom. Oh boy, this is, God, this is amazing. Okay, how to, to plumb line our votes. I'm going to read what Joni said. No one else may see your vote, but God will. And he will judge the hearts of America. In the Old Testament days, he would send a prophet to anoint a leader, and it was done. But in this day and time in our nation, our votes appoint our leaders. He gave us his word as we value the plumb line. It is up to us to put it into use. And the Lord showed me that he uses those votes to judge our nation's heart. If we vote for or put in place someone whose platform we know is contrary to the values of his word, we are accountable and responsible for the ungodly acts committed because of their platform while they are in charge. Did you hear that? Because, you know, I, I can, you can back this up. Because you, you have to confirm Scripture with Scripture. Romans chapter 1 says about homosexuals and all the list of sins. He said not only are those who practice such things judged, but those who approve them. The word approve could be used also the word vote. I tell you, God is serious. He is serious. Not voting isn't an option. A non-vote is counted as a vote for unrighteousness because we had the opportunity to vote for righteousness and we did not do it. An independent vote is a wasted vote. You may not like either candidate. But anyway, she's getting into some things. Here's some questions. 
Are they pro-life or pro-death? That's just the bottom line. Are they pro-homosexual or are they for marriage? You know, God forbid that we would stand for marriage. That men and women, I had a mom and a dad. My mom and dads had mom and dads. It seems like the natural way. And I think it's the first institution God created. Adam and Eve, the two shall become one flesh, man and wife. There is no other substitute. I don't care what a political candidate says. And you know what? They may stand in their position. They may win. I don't know. But they may, they may hold their fist up in the face of Almighty God and say, we will redefine marriage. But I'm telling you, one day they're going to stand before that God. And they'll realize that all of their standing will have become no value. God's word is going to endure. Men come and go. The flesh withers. The grass fades. But the word of our God stands forever. Or do they uphold the Constitution? Are they in favor of, you know, the things in that, that our Constitution? Who do you think gave us the Constitution? I know men wrote it down, but they were men, many of them that had faith in God. There's a reason why we have the Second Amendment. So we can rise up against tyranny. Absolute, you know, power corrupts absolute power, corrupts absolutely. And we are in allegiance to God, not an ungodly government. And we are accountable. We have to, I've got to watch my words. But you know what I'm thinking. You've got to stand and fight. You've got to believe. You've got to stand for Christ. If you've ever stood for him in this hour, let me tell you, if you've ever stood in your life, now's the time. If you sit down now, you may be shocked on that day. Because he said those that get to come in are those not only that knew him, but they did the will of my father. Many say, Lord, Lord, but they do not do what I say. Those who did the will of the father are those that will be welcomed in. Are they in favor of, you know, keeping us building the border from Islamic terrorism? You know, that's the puzzling part. They're already in our country. Thousands and thousands and thousands. They're already there. We know they have training camps. Folks, God has to get us out of this mess. God has to. It's a church that calls out to him. No man, no military. Oh, man, it's okay. Let's see. She says taxing. Are, are they against non-essential taxing? Do you know that's biblical? You know, overtaxation is anti-Christ in nature. I mean, you have to have enough to run stuff. You've got you to have a fire department. You've got to have the police. Well, they're not much for the police either. But anyway, we won't go there. Okay, goes on. She's really good stuff. The enemy wants to divide and conquer our nation. We must behold, focus on, keep our focus on the Lord and stay true to the plumb line, not political correctness. But it's God correctness. It's his word, biblical correctness. Our plumb line and accountability in America is to be to God and his word. We will stand before him. The plumb line is the boundary marker of which we will be judged as a nation and as a people. 
okay, we're doing sort of okay. You know, look at Isaiah 47. Now look at this stuff. This is really good. I'm going to show you what God's doing right now. It's happening right before our eyes so the whole world can see, so no one will lay claim to, I didn't know. America, you will know. Look at this. This Isaiah 47, beginning with verse 1. Here's what's happening. Come down and sit in the dust, O virgin daughter of Babylon. Now, he's talking about Babylon, but there's going to be a type of Babylon at the end of the age, a Babylonian spirit, nations that will join with this Babylonian spirit. The Dominican Republic told our official to go somewhere else. They were not going to follow Babylon. Thank God for the Dominican Republic. Did you know that also happened in Kenya? Our president went there and said, you will accept homosexuality. They said, you will see the door. Uganda. No, I think it was Uganda. Uganda was the one that really stood. Uganda been through all kinds of stuff. What did, how many people were killed? I don't know. Thousands of people. Boy, this is amazing. God, thank you. Okay, look at this. Come down and sit, O daughter of the Chaldeans, for you shall no more be called tender and delicate. Take the millstone and grind meal. Remove your veil. Take off the skirt. Uncover the thigh. Pass through the rivers. Your nakedness shall be uncovered. Yes, your shame will be seen. And then God says, I will take vengeance, and I will not arbitrate with a man. Verse 4 is important, because what do you do? You're in the midst of this. You're caught in this. Is there a way out? Yeah, look in verse 4. As for our Redeemer, the Lord of hosts is his name, the Holy One of Israel. He's our Redeemer. He's our hope. The answer is the cross. The answer is Jesus Christ surrendering to him. Oh, I'm telling you. This is all good stuff. I heard it said that before God judges a nation, he will show that nation its sins. What's God been doing? WikiLeaks, they say, WikiLeaks, that's not, I'm telling you, God's in it. Somehow he's exposing, he's bringing things to the surface. Planned Parenthood videos. They wanted to string that guy up. Let me tell you what. God showed the whole nation what Planned Parenthood is about. And anybody could vote for something like that. Can you imagine standing before God? God says, you voted for candidates who ripped children apart. They sowed their hearts, their lungs. They sowed their body parts. And it was an abomination in the face, in my face, God will say. And he'll say, depart from me. I never, obviously, I never knew you. Because you didn't know me. We got to pray for our uh, America. Oh, there's so much stuff. I, you know, this stuff's coming out, things that were in videos, the people boasting in it, proud of it. Oh, man. So what am I saying? I'm saying that America's going to vote on November the 8th. Is that the day? God has not shown me who's going to win. My hope's not in the person who wins anyway. If we go there, we have really departed from the living God. Our hope is in God alone. Because if, if we think the right person wins, then what are we going to do? Go back to sleep? We did that before. 
It doesn't work. Those who go to sleep in this hour may not wake up. They just may not wake up. So here's what I, I won't get to the other part. I'll save that for next week. But here's, I, I heard this program this week. I listen to True News sometimes. And he, this lady sent Rick Wiles a, uh, a dream that she had. And in the dream, she was in a courtroom and she was pleading for God to save America, to have mercy on America. She's crying out to God, have mercy, God, have mercy, forgive us, God. You know, the scripture says that God will mark those on the forehead, all of those who cry out for the sins of their land. Do you know he's doing that right now? He's looking for those who are crying out over the sins of their land. They're broken. They may not always weep, but they, in their heart, they're burdened. They're weep. They, they are weeping in their heart. God, have mercy. God, forgive us. Forgive us, God. But anyway, she's in this courtroom. She's pleading to God. God's the judge. And he lifts up this, was it a, a gavel? And, and he says, my judgment on America is, America is. And then he starts lowering in the dream, the gavel. And before it hits, she awakens. There's silence. In other words, there's still hope. <laughs> there's still hope. There's always hope. The gospel is the gospel of hope. Can a nation be saved? In a day, a nation can be saved. This is the hour in which we live. I'd rather believe God than wimp out run to the woods and hide and wait for Armageddon. Forget that stuff. I want, to be on the, I want to be on the front edge. I want to say, God, I believed you until the very end because you know those who endure to the end shall be saved. And I'm going to endure, and you want to endure. Why would God point out sins of a nation? Why? To blast the nation? No. Why would he expose the sins of Planned Parenthood? So that they might repent. And see the sin. You have to have, you got to have a knowledge of sin to get saved. You got to know, wait a minute, I am a sinner. I have failed. This is sin. You confess your sin. Confession means you, I, you agree with what God said about sin. You say, that is sin. I acknowledge it. God, I run to you. I run to the cross. I repent. I ask for your mercy and forgiveness. And then he says, if you confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you. From all unrighteousness, all unrighteousness, all unrighteousness. There's no sin too great that the blood of Jesus can't cover. Well, what do we do? I wanted to spend time in prayer around the altar, so we're going to do that. Why don't you come up, uh, Helen? But I had to get this word out. Even if you're the only ones that heard it, at least it got out in the, the atmosphere. You know what I'm talking about? Because we're all little Davids in this house. We got stones of which we've not even used yet. And these giants are made for us. They're made for our kicking their tail. I'm just being, this way I think. Greater is he that's in me. I'm not going to live in unbelief. My God is greater than any demon. Any demon. Because that's who we're really, you know we're not battling against flesh and blood, right? But against powers and principalities. 
some really big demons in this hour. They told us they would be unleashed in the last days. Whether we're in the last days, if there are any bigger demons coming later down the road, my goodness, God have mercy on that generation. God help them. Because the demons we're facing now, they've been released out of this pit for a time like this, but they've been released so that they might be destroyed forever. Because our God reigns. And he's got a people that are trusting him that humble themselves and cry out for his mercy and grace. First of all, before we pray, is there anybody here without Jesus? You don't know that you've, if you died this very day, that you would wake up and spend eternity in heaven. And you want to know without a shadow of a doubt that you're going to heaven. You don't want to live another day without that assurance that you are saved, you're right with God, you're going to heaven, you have eternity to look forward to. Is there anybody who say, would you pray for me? I, I want to know that I know that I'm saved and I'm not sure. You don't have to come forward, but is there anybody? We just want to, you know, that, even that is wimping out. You don't have to come forward. No, Jesus said, if you take up, if you come after me, you got to take up your cross every day and follow me. Coming forward is nothing. That's a cop-out. You lay your life down and you follow me. I become your life, for I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, it's no longer I that live, but it's Christ that lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who died and gave himself for me. So just surrender right now. There are people watching, maybe over the web stream. Just say, Jesus, forgive me. Jesus, I believe in you. You are the Son of God. I confess my sin. I'm a sinner. Forgive me. Have mercy. I call the things I've been doing sin, and I've grieved your heart. Have mercy. I turn to you, Jesus. I thank you for your death and your burial and your resurrection. And I choose to follow you. For the rest of my life, I follow you. Fill me with the Spirit, with power to live for you in this hour. Some of you need a fresh baptism of the Spirit. You need, boy, you better have the baptism of the Spirit. I'm just telling you, it's, you're going to need everything. You need every weapon. You need every gift. You need everything in this hour. If you want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, if you've never received the, you know, the gift of tongues, and, there, there are many gifts. I'm, I, I was brought up Baptist. When I was first asked the Lord for the baptism of the Spirit, I didn't speak in tongues initially. I know some people say, well, you didn't get it. I did get it. I got it. I got it because it asked me. He said, whatever you ask, I ask by faith. And then that other came later when I wasn't looking. You know, I didn't know. I thought it was of the devil. I did a long time. That's what they told me at school. So you better stay away from that stuff. Stay away from the power of God. Are you crazy? If you want, stand up. If you want the, maybe you want a fresh infilling. So I want a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit on my life. I want the power of God to rest on me. I want the Spirit of God to rest on me because I don't want to live mediocre Christian life. I want to be filled with the fullness of God. Only stand if you mean it, but if you stand, you're going to mean it. We're going to trust God. We're going to pray for release of the Spirit of the living God, the Spirit of the living God. 
in the name of Jesus. Just raise your hands, lift up however you get in the receiving mode. He said, ask of me, ask of me. I'll give you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be open. So right now we release God. We pray for a fresh and for many it's brand new, but others it's a fresh and filling of the baptism of the Spirit. The the Holy Spirit. Now, you can't be saved without the Spirit. So if you're saved, the Spirit lives in you. But God, come upon them. Release the power of heaven. When the Spirit comes, everything changes. Release the power, the fire of the Spirit. The enabling, the unction of heaven. Fresh oil, fresh anointing, fresh and filling. God, that your people would be ablaze. Ablaze. Filled with the glory of God. Displaying your wonder in a dark and dreary land. God, thank you. We're the hope because Jesus is our hope and he's our answer. He's the answer for America. There's no other hope. There's no other one like our God, great and awesome. Our God is an awesome God. Wisdom and power and might. Nothing is impossible with him. He can heal cancer. He is the God that heals and the God that saves, the God that delivers. He can save a nation in a day if the people will humble themselves and pray and seek His face and turn from their wicked ways. God, we pray, touch our nation. You guys come if you want around the altar. Whoever wants to now, just spend some time and, and then we'll head on, but just spend some time around the altar. You just cry out to God. Cry out to God for your families, your children, where you were born, whatever state that is. Let's represent. There are many states represented. People were born all over America. Just pray for that state. Pray for the governor, the leaders. Pray for people as they go to vote. I know we still have a few weeks left, but that God would turn on the light and they'll see. Not so much to vote for a person, but to vote the conscience of God, to vote what's right in the sight of God. Whether we don't even know if it's going to even count, we're not sure, but it does count in heaven. It counts with God. We will be held accountable. And if you don't vote, you also. So pray for people. Pray, God, have mercy on our nation. Just cry out to Him, guys. Just cry out. Help us, God. Send the spirit of intercession. God, send the spirit of intercession. Lord, come and break us. Break us, God. God, we bend our knees. Break us, God. Bend us, Lord. Bend us, oh God. Like you did in Wales for Evan Roberts. Bend us, oh God. Bend us so you won't have to break us, God. We pray for mercy. Mercy. God, have mercy.